Load the box. We have a uh, a new guest on the show today. Dustin Baker is with us, joining us from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Dustin is the um, editor for VikingsTerritory.com. He actually had me on his show back in August on my Vikings podcast debut. So we figured, why not return the favor and bring one of the uh, the Vikings local media's best to our show? So Dustin, thanks so much for joining. Happy to have you. Oh, well, hell yeah, gentlemen. I appreciate the invite. We're getting to one of the most exciting parts of the offseason. Free agency is my favorite time on the non-regular season calendar uh, because you get to see the beginning of the puzzle come together. I know everybody else, like 80% of the world, is all about the draft, and I love that too. But free agency to me is always so fun because it's the very beginning of what your team is going to do. I like how you put that because I've I've made it a point in every show that we do in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I have to say, it's in my contract, I have to say <laughs> this is when Super Bowls are won because yeah. it, it really is. You got to get the right free agents, you got to sign guys for value, and, and then you got to nail the draft and then hoist that, you know, Vince Lombardi trophy in February of 2020 now. So, you know, time flies. I agree. Yeah, so we wanted to start today's show and really focus this show around the NFC North. Um, I think, you know, your your intro there, Dustin, of leading into free agency fits this really well because there's sort of this phase right now where we're all sort of waiting. We're all sort of waiting to see how the chips fall. And maybe the first thing that everyone's waiting to see is what the Detroit Lions do, A, in the offseason to bolster their roster, and B, what they do to begin the season. So I want to ask you from your perspective, what you've seen from the lions last year and what you think they might do in the off season to try and continue this rise that they have, I guess, sort of begun now over the last, you know, half of a season. The thing that's strange about the lions that makes me grin and chuckle is that they are a darling because they finished nine and eight and they beat the Packers like everybody wanted them to. And that was considered a successful season. And they, just like the Vikings have zero Super Bowls, but they can get away with nine and eight with an arrow trending upward. If the Vikings finished nine and eight this year, it'd be like, Oh hell, what are we doing with this quarterback? (laughs) So in that same spirit, if the lions come out and go 10 and seven, make the postseason, lose a wild card game. It's still a big damn deal and mission accomplished, baby. So I always giggle because for Viking standards, that's just not going to cut it. Uh, But the one thing that I have began to adjust with the Lions is that Jared Goff is 28 years old. And if they wanted a different quarterback, I think they would have explored that either right before him, during him. I think that they're just convinced that we got our quarterback. He's 28. We don't got to worry about a damn thing until he's 38. So theoretically, he could be there for quite some time. So while it wouldn't be unheard of for them to pop up and get a quarterback, I think we should just get married to the idea that the Goff is their guy. He was the first overall pick in 2016 uh, for team building. Now they have the weight of expectations, at least as of February 21st. They are considered the front runner per sports books to win the NFC North. So, you know, the little engine that could thing is going to be done here pretty soon. So I think that the, the believe it or not, the roster is pretty fabulous. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only 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 re- way that they would really stand to get better on paper. Again, this sounds like I'm talking about the Chiefs or something. It's the Lions would be some defensive meat like Tremaine yeah. Edmonds or somebody in the middle of the field because uh, their defense for the first what eight weeks was historically horrid. Uh, but they figured it out, started to get their feet underneath them. So I think if I was a general manager, assuming they're just married to Goff and hopefully for their sake, Jameis Williams has a big sophomore campaign. 
I would say get better on defense with some impact playmakers. Is it? it, it yeah. I'm just going to say this. It's it, you could have just flipped what you said. You could flip golf with Cousins, and you could flip Detroit or the Lions with Minnesota or the Vikings, and it sounds almost identical. The difference is the, the Vikings are coming <laughs> off of, like, what, a 13-win season, and the Lions, like you said, are coming off of this nine-win season where, like, they didn't make the playoffs, but they won their Super Bowl by, you know, kind of blocking Green Bay from getting in. Like, is it nuts to think that they're kind of in the same boat and Minnesota just had some balls go their way? Like, you know, a quarterback that isn't like Patrick Mahomes, which nobody is, but you know what I mean? Like a quarterback mm-hmm. that isn't in that like top yeah. three conversation. And honestly, the offense kind of looks stacked from a distance. Like, And then the defense is just really mm-hmm. bad. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, the roadmap or the synopsis that I gave is very similar to the Vikings, except for my little introductory part where the Vikings are going to be all in Super Bowl stakes once again. And if they lose in the wild card round or get their asses smoked in the divisional round, we're going to huff and puff and say, same old Vikings. They do this to me every year. Whereas if the lions get to the postseason, it's parade worthy. We're coming, baby. This is Dan Campbell. He's going to have eternal, like an eternal honeymoon because everybody loves him so much. So because they've been so bad for so long and the Vikings are always so decent for so long, the weight of expectations is different between the lions and the Vikings, in my opinion, although structurally the little speech I gave does sound similar. I think it's I think it's telling that I don't know if anybody here listens to like the Pat McAfee show at all, but like they have a Lions fan on there. I think his name is like Evan Foxy, and he like every season says like Yeah, we're gonna go like nine and eight, make the wild card. We're gonna lose in the wild card round, but we're gonna make this is the year we make the playoffs. That's all we want, and it, and it is crazy how that's their expectation, and the Vikings are like. <laughs> If we don't win the Super Bowl, why are we even going on the field? Yep. Like, just go 0-17 and, and draft number one or win it all. There is no in-between. Like, this fan base is very dramatic, I think. So, quite. A- a- amen. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned Pat McAfee, and I want to get back to that in a second. But, uh, Dustin, do you think the Lions will win the division based on all the uh, sports books and all the, all the hype they're getting? No, um, I do not, because one thing that we forget conveniently is they, they did finish, start the season like 1-7 or 1-8 or whatever it was, and that shit yeah. matters too. Uh, so, yeah. you know, thankfully for their sake, they had the anti-Dolphins thing from 2021. Uh, or excuse me, they had the same thing where – wait, no. Did Brian Flores finish the season hot that year? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. and somehow Campbell got, got, you know, all the cred and Flores got the axe. Got fired. Uh, but <laughs> – yeah, yeah, that's the weird part. So, no, I think I they got lucky that they had all of the good stuff happen at the end of the year because they have momentum. But, no, I would still – I would honestly pick the Packers or the Vikings before I pick the Lions, and that's only because I need to, you know, see it to believe it with the Lions. Yeah. Can, can I don't want to move us – oh, I, I don't want to move us off of Detroit too much, but I, it, it, I do want to bring up the team because I have a take on Chicago – that I kind of want to get your opinion on. I think Chicago is going to be very dangerous next season with, you know, they have the number one pick. I don't think anybody expects them to pick anyone with that number one pick. I think they're going to trade that and get a, a, get a boatload of picks back. Is Chicago not dangerous enough to win the division next season? But my prediction was like week 16, 17, 18, they're going to beat either the Vikings, the Lions, or the Bears. They're going to spoil someone's season. Like, I think the NFC North is going to be like one team, the winner of the division gets in, 
And I think Chicago is going to play spoiler for one or two of those teams. Is that, do you think they could take that kind of a jump, maybe have a six or seven win season where three of those wins are against, you know, the NFC North? Oh, do you think they're going to be another like two or three win campaign? No, six and seven wins. If, if that's the ceiling we're talking about, assuredly, because they have more money than God to spend during free agency. <laughs> they finally figured out after about week six or seven, that Thursday night football game, what I think it was against the commanders. They finally figured out right after that game that we better use Justin Fields like they do Lamar Jackson. Let's done, be done with this pocket passer. And they certainly didn't win games after that, but at least he started to get credibility as they picked the right guy. Um, so yeah, couple that with, if, if they don't trade that first overall pick for a Robert Griffin-like King Ransom, then they're stupid, assuming that they're indeed married to Justin Fields. Uh, somebody tweeted, was it Jason Lockhanfora about this time last week, that when, when folks left the combine or leaving the combine, there's, a, there's credible people who said that they weren't convinced that the Bears aren't going to draft a quarterback and then trade Fields. So it's always hard to discern if that's off-season fodder, bait-and-switch type of conversations. But no, if you have 90 blah, 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 million dollars to spend on free agents, uh, you've got a quarterback that you seem to like trending upward. Now you know how to use them. And then you've got a, a sweet draft class coming up. Yeah, then I would say six wins, seven wins should be the expectation, not what you're shooting for. And then, of course, we already know they're going to play spoiler for the Vikings at some point because that's what they do. I just expect it. The Vikings have had a nice little run of three years in a row beating at Soldier Field. But yeah, uh, one of the reasons I hate the Bears is because they can they could be two and twelve and beat a twelve and two Vikings thing Vikings team and nobody would bat an eye because that's just the way you play, play they play each other. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think the Bears will be world beaters. But if they don't start to you know win some games, then you're gonna put Eberflus on the hot seat. Yeah. What do you what do you think Chicago will do with that first pick in terms of let me let me phrase this a little better because you already kind of said they should trade it. But mm -hmm. what do you think they'll get back for it? And who do you think they're going to trade with? Oh, gosh. Well, the the guy for the Colts <laughs> came out and just said, hey, pick me. I'll give you anything <laughs> you want. Like, you know, what are we doing here, fellas? We, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, I would say, let's see, probably it's one of these teams that starve to all hell who keep trying the quarterback experiment and failing. So the Panthers, the Colts, or the Commanders, even though the commanders say yeah. they're rolling with Sam Howell, not Sam Powell. Uh, it, it's, it's, I think it's one of those teams that wants to be done with doing the, yeah, we're going to go get Carson wins, baby. Uh, I think that's what the team that puts their foot down. And then they do go deal like that Trey Lance trade with the dolphins, and the 49ers where, what is it? Two firsts, two seconds or three firsts and one second. And it's it's a it's a gruesome price to pay play to or to pay to move up only what six seven spots. Yeah, but I, I think some team will do it because they'll be convinced that uh, Bryce Young is the real deal. And if you're the Bears, especially if you truly in your heart of hearts love Fields, you have to make the trade. You have to stockpile because it's free money. It's free draft Absolutely. capital. I think that Absolutely. it's. If I'm the Texans, and I find I think it's interesting that you didn't throw the Texans into the the mix there. It was kind of you said the Panthers, the Commandos, and the Colts. If I'm the Texans, I'm not mm -hmm. calling about Bryce Young and the number one pick. I don't want to pay that King's ransom to move up when I'm a bad team. <laughs> I would rather keep my draft picks. 
I, and this is this is probably going to sound rich coming from a guy that is always team draft a quarterback and is always team, you know, you have to find your Pat Mahomes. <laughs> if I'm the Texans, I consider trading down, man. Like, I like look, those four quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I, I think there's three quarterbacks in this draft class that could be really good. And then there's Anthony Richardson, which is a wild card if I've ever seen one. And so, in my opinion, if I'm if I'm Houston, I'm fine with picking it too and just being like, okay, mm-hmm. so you know, is it CJ Stroud or is it Will Levis? Which one do I like more? I'm gonna take mm-hmm. them, and then I'm gonna maybe I let them sit a year behind Davis Mills. Maybe I trade back. I still get one of them, and and I you know get a bunch of draft capital to, to make this team better. Maybe we can win seven games this season, and we could be a contender the next. I just. I think that Houston, if I was Houston's GM anyway, which, you know, if I was, I don't think I would be doing this show. But, like, if I was Houston's GM, I would I would not be super interested in the, in the number one pick. And now we're kind of getting into the AFC South. But that's that's just, like, kind of oh, my two cents right. on it. No, I, I agree on that sentiment, especially from the Texans' perspective, because, you know, there's the three good guys. And one thing I always point out at, at this time on the calendar is at this right now we have Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and then Tanner McKee in fringe spots as a first rounder. I'm here to tell you that three of those guys aren't going to be very good. One's probably going to be pretty damn good. The other guy is going to nibble at being good, like Baker Mayfield. And then the other three aren't going to amount to much. It sounds blasphemous to say it right now, but I kid you not, every draft class, no matter how infallible they are right now, you look back and you're like, oh, you try to pound your chest and say, well, with Sam Darnold, I knew we would be very good. Well, you're lying. Uh, you said the same <laughs> thing about Josh Rosen. At this time on the calendar, every quarterback prospect makes you salivate. And then you fast forward four years from now, there's a few of them are going to be very good. And so keep that in mind for these teams because everybody's going to try to get their franchise quarterback and about three of them are going to swing and miss. Yep. Yeah. And, and think, then, you know, you, you could end up with a franchise guy getting drafted in the fourth round Yeah, mm-hmm. because like, that happens every year. Clayton Toon or somebody. <laughs> yeah. I love Clayton Toon. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him and Jalen Hall out of BYU, but I also love yep. Zach Wilson and I'm glad the Vikings <laughs> didn't end up with him. I would have looked like they, a fool. Hey, they still could if they wanted to. The guy's cheap. <laughs> they could. He's been on this show. Fun fact. He sat in the same seat that you're sitting in, virtually anyway. On, on the really? Uh, yes. Zach Wilson is a is a load the box FOMO guest, fun of the show. Um, didn't didn't think he was gonna have you know that dog in him the way that he did off the field, but um, on the field he definitely stinks. <laughs> he definitely stinks. But um, so far, so far, so far for show. Let's. Do we want to save the Vikings for last, or do we want to talk about them now? Yeah. I wanted I wanted to jump into uh, well maybe just one quick thing. Let, let, let's stay with the Vikings for now. We can finish with Aaron Rodgers just because it's fun. Um, so you know, speaking of quarterbacks to be drafted, if there's one Dustin, and let's let's throw out mock drafts, let's throw out the picks that Quazy has to play with. Just in terms of your favorite prospect in the draft right now, from a quarterback perspective, if the Vikings did take one, who would you like them to take? Ooh, realistically or any of them? realistically i mean oh, we're not okay. going to get we're not going to get well levis we're not going to get stroud and we yeah. probably won't get bryce young it's just you know probably not going to happen so be, because the debate has been shoved in our face for the last week about anthony richardson i've had to do a lot of homework on him to sound educated when i write and watching some of the film and it's it's a really fun thing to examine the guy's upside but what i've been trying to level set for the group is that I don't want to trade a bunch of shit for the guy with a huge maybe. And then, you know, 
you're probably gonna, you're almost guaranteed to have Cousins back for one more season. You know, it's up to him whether or not he wants to be with the Vikings for one more year because of the no trade clause. I don't like the idea of having to trade two or three first rounders for Anthony Richardson at pick blah blah blah, and then he doesn't even play the first year. Because if you're gonna do that, the modern thing is to start the guy trial by fire, maybe a patch over for three or four weeks. Uh, if Richardson, however, does fall to 23, then I would say, all right, this is value. You know, if you want to have him marinate for a year or two, then I would try it out. But I don't want to be hanging out on that Thursday night, April 27th, and it's like, oh, the Vikings have moved up to number seven to get their man, and we have to give up three firsts, and then we still got cousins on the roster. It'll make my head go, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I, do, I do like what Jordan said, that if they don't want to do any of that craziness, trading in the farm for a maybe guy, then yeah, Clayton Toon or Jaron Hall. I think like they, those guys just aren't as sexy because they don't have the first round brand, you know, branded into them. So I would say, even though the Vikings don't have tons of draft picks, if you're able to take a Kellen Mond like flyer on one of those dudes, those guys absolutely surface from the drafts middle rounds, like Dak Prescott or the guy we have now in Kirk yeah. Cousins. Um, it would just be up to Quazy to decide which guy he and Kevin O'Connell think will work and. The, the biggest almighty test that's coming up and you two know it in your bones is in a year or two, all of this shit that we do on podcasts and writing comes down to whether or not Quasi Dafamensa drafts the next guy, because if he doesn't, our lives will be hell for at least three years. It'll be ponder all over again. You can kiss O'Connell goodbye and perhaps Quasi. So it's, it's coming. The life after cousins pick is going to mean everything yep. for Vikings football at quarterback. I love the Absolutely. way you. I, I love the way that Vikings history is going to be looked back upon as like the the Brett Favre era, that tiny little you know diamond in the rough, and then the <laughs> Christian Pondo, and then like I I would say like the Keenum sp- flash in the pan, and now it's the Cousins era, like we're in the Cousins dynasty or the Cousins regime, <laughs> if you will. Like if you're talking about like you know ancient Chinese history or whatever, and like. <laughs> We are we are really just like I don't know I I don't I used to be like very emotional about cousins and I was very much a cousins hater if you will I just I I didn't love I thought I I'm, I thought he played badly oh he wasn't up to what he was being paid the first few years he's been really good the last couple of seasons if the Vikings announced tomorrow hey we're extending cousins for like two years. And, you know, moving money around in the con, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. He's played really well. He showed this season he can lead comebacks. He's not just a stat stuffo. O'Connell kind of got in his ear about, you know, pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, taking a little bit more risks. Will had the best take of the season, and I know that you you write professionally and you do your, your YouTube show and everything and your podcast, but, like, best take of the year is Will Goodwin, who said the Vikings would have as many wins as Cousins had picks. Just chef's kiss he was one off uh, he was he, he was so close but i just thought that was such a good take and i really like you said i let's not mortgage the farm for anthony richardson this season please i don't want to do that like he, he scales me so much like and even his upside is like i think josh allen and josh allen still scales me so much so let's not like let's not act like josh allen is just this you know, God sent quarterback. He led the league in turnovers this season. He's, you know, let's, let's slow down a little bit. So I, I kind of like what you said. What do you, I want to ask your opinion. What do you think of Tana McKee? You know what? No, scratch that. We hate Tana McKee on this show. What do you think of the Trey Lance speculation? That's where I want to go with this. 
Well, I with Brock Purdy having his surgery, I couldn't imagine that the 49ers would yeah. just move off the one guy that they have. Uh, however, what, four weeks ago, this was a talker because if Brock Purdy was going to put his big face in there and be the starter next year, then something's got to go with Trey Lance. So I would have been really intrigued by that because of the hometown, so to speak, connection and the price that you probably would have been able to get him for would have been reasonable. Uh, but now I'm firmly convinced that he has to stay in San Francisco and they got to pray he'll be healthy. Um, but the only thing that concerns me, and you'll hear it a hundred times if you ever you know, listen to shows about him, is he hasn't played much football in four years, baby. <laughs> and, th- and that's just kind of glossed over because he's got the high upside. But generally speaking, yeah. if, if that was the plan or somehow is the plan, where the Vikings got him for, you know, a first rounder in 2024 or something, I would be excited. It would be cool to switch over to that mobile quarterback thing and do the kind of bring in Mr. Minnesota and Lance when Mr. Minnesota and Thielen might be leaving would be a little fun. Yeah. For some reason, I don't get the feeling that Lance is as much of a like hometown Minnesota guy. And maybe that's just mm-hmm. because he, you know, left the state for college and, um, didn't immediately come back to his hometown team like you know Adam mm. Thielen did. I don't know for for whatever reason. I just get this feeling that like he's not as proud of Minnesota as we are of him. Maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to do the undrafted thing and then pay to try out and all that. And yeah, <laughs> so yeah, certainly not as Mr. Minnesota as Thielen. But uh, you know, I mean, the guy was he's from Marshall and that's still yep. part of the state. So I think there would be some vibes there in connection, especially if he turned out to be good. Yeah. yeah, if he turned yeah. out to be good, I think that would be like that. I mean, ESPN is just dying for that to happen, I think. So they can make all the <laughs> graphics and, you know, put like the 10. I don't know a ton of Minnesota geography. I'm not from the state. So like, but they could do all the fun stuff that they do on ESPN with Trey Lance, like going through walks, through parks or whatever. But I think it's interesting, like the idea of if Cousins waved his no trade to go to San Francisco. I think it's interesting because I think Trey Lance might come over as like with a second round pick in that type of a trade because I think Cousins has very quietly played himself into that kind of value well you're like if you're gonna trade him you're gonna give us serious assets back yeah like we're not just gonna pawn him off because oh we don't like him we don't like the contract blah 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 if we decide Cousins isn't the guy I think that like he he commands a first round draft pick if not, you know, mild draft capital on top of that. But I don't, I think Cousins likes it in Minnesota. I think he, I don't think he would want to do that. Do you think Cousins would have any interest in, in leaving if it was to go play with like a Kyle Shanahan? If that is what the Vikings told him, I think he would certainly do it. And it really makes sense for them because A, without any backstory or biography on Cousins, Shanahan loves him. He's said it on a microphone that that's his guy. And then secondarily, um, you know, they need a durable quarterback and it gets no more durable than Kirk Cousins. So it really fits uh, in Shanahan's system. But for, I don't I think Cousins, when he says he wants to retire the Vikings, he he means it. I mean, yep. he should. He's getting paid every year, guaranteed satchel of cash. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I think that he's also a nice enough guy that if Quazy said, like, this is our divorce and we're going to ship you somewhere. Why don't you go out and pick where you want to go? I think, you know, he would do the aw shucks i guess we'll have to go yeah i think he would do it but i i just don't think any of this is going to happen because i think we especially with some of the the sources and stuff i had i think i would start to hear the grumblings about it by now i agree i think that's fair sure uh we have 10 minutes left um Mm -hmm. let's i guess let's talk about aaron Rodgers, who i think is currently sitting in a in a dark shack somewhere (laughs) contemplating his life decisions um all joking aside 
I know Pelts a couple of days ago. He the Packers are kind of done with him. They want him gone. Dustin, in, in your professional opinion, uh, who's Aaron Rodgers playing for next season? Well, I was wrong about this two years ago when all the stuff started on draft day 2001. I believed in it, that he wanted out, and it sounded like they were really going to split, and then it didn't happen, and he went and won two MVPs. So, Or was it one more or two more in that time? Let's see, back to back. I think, I think it was two because he came back yeah. and then won two, and then now yeah. we're here. Uh, so I've been wrong on this, and so you know, don't take what I say. Don't take it to the, the casino. But when you talk about uh, Bob McGinn, the guy that reported this from the Go Long TV, uh, TV podcast, yeah. he's yeah. like the Bob Woodward of Packerland. So this wasn't just some asshole that says, yeah, I think Rodgers is going to leave. This was like the guy in Packers media who said that he thinks that they're, they're going to split. Now, the only thing that makes me go, that's a little weird, is because the Packers chose to give Rodgers that huge contract last year. And if they were this pissed or upset, they probably would have felt that way a little bit last year too and made it a little bit more manageable to get out from underneath that deal. They didn't do that. But I don't know, maybe it's something Rodgers did this year supremely pissed them off. And I do really believe that he will not return to Green Bay because I trust, uh, I don't know him again personally, but I trust the, his credibility that he wouldn't put you know his reputation out there to be sullied. So I believe that he'll go elsewhere. I'm still thinking that his retirement would be the best for everybody. The Packers get out from underneath a lot of that cap garbage. I guess Rodgers just goes on to his next chapter, whether that's Jeopardy or more retreats. And then that's it. You never hear about him again, at least on Sunday afternoons, when he really you know, creamed the Vikings. Uh, otherwise, he's not going to an NFC team. We just know that's not going to happen. And that narrows the field. That leaves it with the ones that are always talked about in the, the Raiders and the Jets. Um, arguably the Patriots, but I don't know if the Packers would give him him and Belichick each other. Uh, but yeah, if, if he doesn't retire, then I'll say a trade, and I will go with the, the Raiders because of the Devontae connection. I think that's fair. Will, I want to get your opinion on something. I want to pose a question to you. Do you think that Rajo's like saying, I'm not going to sit until we are eliminated from the playoffs, was the catalyst that kind of made the Packers be like, we're done with you. We needed to get a look at Jordan Love. We were sub 500. We had a chance. You could have just Ye taken one for the team. Do you think that's what did it? I think that is a good theory. The only reason that I would say I'm not so sure is because LaFleur sounded pretty emphatic that, like, of course we're going to play Rodgers until we're eliminated. Why wouldn't we? I think he said something to that effect when all of that was going down. But we didn't even talk about love in this equation, and shame on me. There, it's, it's really awkward there because, A, this guy's got to play at some point, whether that's in Green Bay or Houston or somewhere. But then they also have to decide whether or not to use the 50-year uh, the option on him within the next few weeks. And mm -hmm. are you really going to stamp him for $20 million bucks? Like, And you don't know if he's good? But then what if Rodgers comes back? Do you, do you don't give him the fifth-year option? And so because they did this to themselves in drafting Jordan Love, and they do have to make that decision for you know two years from now pretty soon, it's really strange that they, if they want to keep Love – they got to do the fifth year option thing, which means they're paying him 20 mil. And then Rogers, $50 million cap hit. It's like, wow, what have you done to yourselves, fellas? Um, 
I think, that, but aside from the floor, I think that they really, especially since they know that they coughed it away against the Lions at home in uh, week 18, they really should have been able to see in the last five, six games if love could be the real deal because he's been an odyssey. The first couple times I saw him, I was like, this guy looks like shit. And then, you know, <laughs> looks a little bit better in preseason stretches. And I just pray to God that they have a regular quarterback play for the next guy. I don't need the guy to be horrible. I just don't want him to be a Hall of Famer because they've had 30 years of that my whole adult life and even my childhood. I don't want to see any more Hall of Fame quarterback. I want them to skip a generation, and then they can go back and do it when I'm an old man. I agree. Well, what do you think? I, uh, I So I don't think the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Rodgers and probably Lafleur on top of it, you know, decision of we're going to play this guy for the last – I think at that point, five games when they were four and eight. And I think everybody was kind of saying the Packers are done. Um, I don't think that was necessarily the catalyst, but I think it was maybe the cherry on top. Because I think the last two or three off seasons now where it's been the song and dance of Rogers going on retreats, doing drugs, getting high, having epiphanies, coming back with sort of, you know, hey, I'm actually going to come back. And, you know, when I come back, I want to be the highest played player highest paid player in the league by a wide margin. Um, all those things, you know, the continuous tumult in the off season with the front office. And then, you know, during the season, he doesn't come prepared um, with his wide receivers. He has no chemistry. They play awful for the first 12 weeks. And then by the way, he's got a broken thumb, but he's going to gut it out. <laughs> like, I think, I think all those things on top of it, like eventually I think Gutekunst and, the leadership of the Packers. You can't say owner because they don't have one. Um, I think just got sick and tired of it. Yeah. I think and that frankly, that's, I would too. I, I would have been sick of sick and tired. The second he was like, if you want me back, you got to sign Orlando Cobb. I would have been like, get out, like, just go. We're going to ship you off somewhere. You're done here. Like maybe let him walk in free agency and get the, you know, get the third round comp pick in two seasons or something. But like, once he started talking about like, I want Orlando Cobb. What are you on, dude? Like, dude, come on. You have Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. That is a fine wide receiver duo in the NFL. Like, what are we talking about? We've got, two and a half minutes roughly um dustin thank you so much for coming on tonight uh it's been an absolute blast i'd love to have you on again anytime you want to come on sure uh, i'm a dm away i mean this has been this has been an absolute blast i'll give you the flow for kind of final thoughts um if you you know just whatever you want to talk about feel free so despite what Ben Lieber says, and I like Ben, he's been on one of my other shows, <clears throat> I do endorse if the Vikings don't trade back. I do think they'll trade back with the 23rd pick. I think that was the plan the day they uh, traded for TJ Hawkinson. However, if they stay at the 23rd pick, I do endorse them picking the best wide receiver available uh, because more and more, we thought it happened a lot last year, more and more defensive coordinators are going to sell out to stop Justin Jefferson. And yeah, that's great that TJ Hawkinson can get his seven, eight yard catches in the middle of the field, but we need some guy who can be Jefferson light, somewhat equally as dangerous on the opposite side. So I am firmly on board if they stay at number 23 uh, with them drafting the Ohio State dude, Jackson or Jordan Addison, because I think we have a rich history of drafting wide receivers. Well, you can get a mini three deep if you want to throw Hawkinson in there. <clears throat> I think it, it's not a fantasy fo football driven idea 
to want the Vikings to get better at WR2. And I think because they have shown, for the most part, outside of Laquan Treadwell and then misusing Cordell Patterson, I think that drafting a WR2, if they stay put at 23, can net dividends, but it's contingent on them addressing roster needs on defense and free agency. You should check out our Absolutely. video that's going to come out, I think, on Friday um, that we recorded before this before this episode. <laughs> I did a mock draft today. Sneak preview, Zay Flowers at 23. Oh, yeah? Because Wonderful. just absolutely pound it. Get, you know, strengthen your strengths. Will, we have less than a minute. You're kind of the king of this. I'll let you walk us out of here. Skip the sponsor. Skip the Twitter. Skip all of it. Wonderful. Yeah, no, Dustin, again, it was a blast. Hey, for those of you uh, in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area, check out Dustin on ESPN Radio Sioux Falls. What is it? 103.3? 102, 102.3. 102.3. And what time slot are you in? I'm on th- Central Time Thursdays from 11 to noon. Get on there. Uh, the host is a Packer fan, so he invited me on every week to keep him honest to talk about the Vikes. Awesome. Yeah. Check him out. Um, a local budding star here in Dustin Baker. And <laughs> last thing I'll say here is again, championships are won in the off season. It's been a blast. We will uh, catch you again next week. Free agency draft. It's all around the corner. Skull y'all.